Hello, and welcome back to the Automotive Podcast, the Automotive Engineering History Podcast. In this week's episode, I'm going to be talking about the Yamaha 0x99-11, which is a strange name for a car, but it's a very cool car. Uh, this car was actually requested by a listener, Yestersprit, on Instagram. So if you would like to request an episode in the future, make sure to hit me up and I will be happy to cover that car or part of car or type of racing or whatever you request. Um, I'm open to most things. So let's jump right in to the Yamaha 0x99-11. Now, the first thing you might think is, Yamaha? Yamaha made a car? Well, kind of. Yamaha is a company that makes literally everything. They make audio equipment, they've made swimming pools, obviously they make motorcycles, and they've been involved in a lot of cars from other manufacturers. Uh, Examples of these cars include the Toyota 2000 GT, which was basically entirely designed by Yamaha. Uh, The Lexus LFA uh, Yamaha was involved in. They also built a lot of high-revving four-cylinder engines that were used in Celicas, MR2s, and Lotuses. Um, And so really, Yamaha does absolutely everything and has their hands in a lot of different car manufacturing. However, they've never actually built their own car with their own badge on it and have it be completely Yamaha. The 0x99-11 was going to be the first fully-fledged Yamaha car. And it was not going to be a sedan, it wasn't going to be a daily driver, it wasn't going to be kind of an enthusiast car. It was going to be an insane car. Yamaha had just joined the world of Formula One, and they were going to take all the technology from their Formula One cars and put it in a road car and call it the 0x99-11. So, it was going to be an absolute nutty car. The world of Formula One is a world of high-end, no-compromising engineering. I mean, Formula One cars sacrifice everything to increase speeds and lower lap times. They are incredibly quick cars. But because they're so quick, they're not at all practical. And there's been a couple different attempts to take Formula One technology and utilize it in a road car, but it's really hard to do. These engines are incredible, and the suspensions are incredible, and everything's incredible, But they're not all that reliable because they're built on the edge of performance. And so, you know, you're lucky if a Formula One engine lasts an entire season. And so it's not really practical to put it into a road car that would be used pretty often. However, Yamaha was like, hey, let's go ahead and do it. So first, I'm going to talk about Yamaha joining Formula One. Yamaha started creating a Formula One team and becoming a Formula One engine supplier in 1989. The first engine that they created was a V8 that they called the 0x88. 
Um, unfortunately, this engine was not well designed and proved to be really unreliable and not competitive. Uh, teams used it, but no one really found success with it. In fact, this engine has made its way onto a couple uh, lists of the worst F1 engines ever made. It was not a good start. Due to the failure of the 0x88, Yamaha took a year off, took a step back, and they spent a little more time on their next engine. This next engine would be the 0x99. This would be a 3.5 liter V12, and it was better than the 0x88, uh, but not by much. It still wasn't a great engine. It was used by a few teams, including Brabham and Jordan Grand Prix, but the engine was quickly abandoned for other engines uh, that were going to do better, that were well-built. Um, so what does Yamaha do with this engine that isn't all that great? They spent a lot of time making it, and it's for Formula One, but no one wants to use it in Formula One. Well, this is where they came up with the idea of putting it in a road car to make an absolute bonkers hyper car for everyday use, and thus the 0x99-11 was born. Obviously the name pretty much just comes from the name of the engine, because uh, that's kind of the key highlight of this car. I mean, it's a Formula 1 engine in a road car. That's uh, kind of a big deal. Initially, a German contractor was hired to build this car, uh, but Yamaha didn't like them all that much, and they kind of lost permission to do the project pretty quickly. And instead, the project was given to a UK-based company called International Automotive Design. And they are the ones that really built the 0x99-11. And it is a weird-looking car, as you might expect, because it's based around a Formula 1 car for road use. So... It's a weird mixture. Um, people have described it as a Group C race car, um, which I agree with. It's very curvy. The front is literally just a wing. Like, if you look up a picture of this thing, um, it's got headlights on the right and left side, and between the headlights is a big old wing. Um, actually, it might be a spoiler. I don't know. Those are very technical definitions, but it has an emphasis on aerodynamics. Um, on top of that, it is built with kind of a cockpit. It looks kind of like a fighter jet, kind of like the NSX, but to a whole nother level. Um, there are no doors. The cockpit actually opens like a gall wing, and that's how you get in and out. Interestingly, Yamaha didn't want a single seater, so there's actually two seats, one in front of the other inside the cockpit, which is also very fighter jet-like. Um, so you can take one passenger uh, on a ride in your 0x99-11. Um, I don't know, I guess Yamaha really wanted to be able to share the experience of driving this car. It's a weird idea to throw two seats in this thing, um, but apparently they were very adamant uh, about that part of the car, about it needing to seat two people. Uh, the one thing I really don't like about this car are the headlights. Um, they just don't fit with the body, in my opinion. They just kind of look like they're stuck on there. They almost look like stickers. Um, it's a weird look. They, they don't blend well. Um, but it's, it's an interesting car all around, and I guess the headlights don't take away or add to it all that much. Just kind of an odd-looking car in general. 
Uh, there's also an air intake placed right above the cockpit that really gives off Formula One vibes. It's that classic kind of pillar sticking up behind the driver that's sucking in air, which is very common in Formula One cars at the time and Formula One cars today. Also, to give a better idea of how this car looks, Motor Trend described it in the following way, quote, It looks like Yamaha draped a form-fitting body over an open-wheeled chassis, end quote. Uh, This body is made from aluminum, and as I said, puts a big emphasis on aerodynamics. Also, the whole draping the body over the Formula 1 car is actually exactly what Yamaha did. Uh, Not only was the engine a Formula 1 engine, but the 0x99-11 also used a carbon fiber chassis that was sourced directly from Yamaha F1 projects. The car had the same pushrod suspension that was used in Formula 1, so Yamaha didn't just stop with the engine. It really was basically a Formula 1 car for the road. The engine was obviously the highlight. It was way detuned down to around 400 horsepower, but it redlined at 10,000 RPM. To give a little bit of comparison, the fully-fledged engine, like a not-detuned version, was capable of 700 horsepower at 13,000 RPM. Uh, It was naturally aspirated. This was not a forced induction engine. And it sounds incredible. Uh, But even being significantly detuned, this car was quick. It had a 0-60 to time of 3.2 seconds and a top speed of 217 miles per hour. Obviously, it was also mid-engine because Formula 1 cars are mid-engined and this was basically a Formula 1 car, so mid-engine and rear-wheel drive, which is also what Formula 1 cars are, so... Yeah, I mean, it was basically a Formula One car that they put kind of a sleek body over, and they're like, hey, it's a road car. Trust us. Don't worry, this is road legal. Um, And it was, but uh, barely, probably. Uh, As I said, the engine was a V12, specifically a quad cam or dual overhead cam, because it's a V12. Those are the same thing. How did it drive? Obviously, pretty well. Uh, Formula One cars are designed to be quick and handle beautifully, And this car had both of those attributes. Driving the car was described in the following way, quote, The V12 could be driven like an ordinary car up to about 6,000 RPM. After that, all hell broke loose as it accelerated up to the 10,000 RPM redline. End quote. On top of that, this car only weighed 1,150 kilograms, or 2,540 pounds, which is close to 1,000 pounds lighter than a Toyota Camry. Obviously, strange comparison, this thing is nothing like a Toyota Camry, um, but I was like, what's a common car that everybody knows? And I was like, Toyota Camry, and I was like, what's the weight difference? And this thing is 1,000 pounds lighter and has a Formula One engine in it. Pretty nuts. Also, interestingly, the transmission for this 0x99-11 was a six-speed manual that was H-pattern. So, no paddle shifters, no sequential, the H-pattern of first, second, third, fourth, fifth, sixth. Um, So, shifting, probably not that quick, uh, but I'm sure it was a hella fun to drive, 
slamming through those gears, redlining to 10,000 RPM, it, it probably would be an absolutely insane driving experience. It was also fitted with a limited slip differential, so I guess that's a nice little cherry on top. The one issue that people had that reviewed this car, which is not many people, um, as we'll get into in just a sec, it's a pretty rare car, but of the people that got to drive it, they didn't like how it shifted. Which is fair, I mean, if it's a Formula 1 car, if it's gonna cost a ton of money, which it did, you'd expect it to feel pretty nice shifting through the gears. The main reason for this rough gear change feel is because it was mid-engined, it had a lot of uh, gear linkages in order to shift gears, so there was a lot of stuff between the driver and the transmission and all of those materials and all those little cables and the whole mechanism could make it feel not super nice of a shifting experience. It worked, it, it was definitely uh, drivable, but it just wasn't really nice. Uh, Yamaha did state that they would improve the shifting uh, mechanism, the whole shifting linkage, when the car came out, which never happened. Only three of these cars were ever built. One was green, one was red, and one was black. The main reason that these things were never put into production was because they were so expensive. It was estimated that the car was going to cost $800,000 in 1990. That's equivalent to $1,609,879 approximately. Um, taking inflation into account. So they were absolutely expensive cars, and right when they were about to come out, the economy on the world scale and the economy in Japan kind of dipped, and Yamaha was like, we just made this really expensive car, and nobody's gonna wanna buy it because everybody's struggling, so there's no way we're gonna put this into production. Interestingly, there's actually another company change right at the last minute. Um, International Automotive Design, who built the three prototypes, uh, the project was taken away from them. Yamaha was like, no, we don't want you doing this anymore. And instead, Yamaha gave it to a company called Yipsen Technology, which was a subsidiary of Yamaha. Uh, but that was right before production ended, before they pulled the plug on the whole project. Um, and so it's kind of... Uh, unimportant company change because literally Yipsen did nothing with the 0x99 but technically speaking that was the company in control of the project when the plug got pulled on the project. The project would officially be ended in 1992. Also very nicely of Yamaha they don't hide these cars they aren't like ashamed of the failure uh, the, the fact that they didn't get these into production. There are some companies like Porsche, if something doesn't go well, if the car they're making doesn't end up being put into production, they have a tendency to kind of hide it, to be like, no, this never happened. We, we never failed at making a car. There was no car. And then years later, they're kind of like, okay, we'll admit it. We tried to do this and it didn't work. Yamaha doesn't do this with the 0x99. They are very much like, yeah, we tried to make it. It's a cool car. You want to see them? 
And even to this day, these cars are shown off pretty regularly at events in Japan. You know, I, th- I appreciate that. Yamaha's like, we tried really hard to make a cool car. If you want to see it, why not? So they start them up and drive them around uh, for people to see. Um, so definitely a cool car and a pretty cool company. Uh, it is sad that this car never actually made it into production. There's always companies claiming that they're going to make a Formula One road car, but it just never seems to happen. It's really, really hard to do. All of the technology in Formula One is expensive, so obviously the road car is going to be insanely expensive. The technology that these engines use are is so cutting edge, and they're really delicate things. I mean, they're incredibly powerful, But like I said earlier, they're kind of running on a knife's edge and they basically the reliability is non-existent. So people like Ferrari are constantly claiming that they will create a road car based off their Formula One cars, but it just doesn't happen. And Yamaha was the one company that got really close to making it happen. Um, But it just didn't make it. The economic downturn was poorly timed. And it's probably a smart move on Yamaha's part to pull the plug. In reality, I don't know if they would have been able to sell these incredible cars. And that's about it. It's a little bit of a short episode, I'm aware, but that's all there is to this car. Yamaha made the engine, tried to put it into a road car, got pretty close, got running prototypes, and then they realized that Probably no one's going to buy them because no one has any money currently, and that's where it ended. I mean, the whole project only lasted three years, kind of. I mean, Yamaha joined Formula One in 1989, the 0x99 engine came out in 1991, and the 0x99-11 car project was ended in 1992. So this was a really brief little blip in the history of Yamaha, um, but... It's a really cool car, but that's a, that's about it. They tried really hard. They were like, we got super close. Here's a running prototype, and that's it. So I hope you enjoyed. It was a very cool car to look into. I didn't actually know that there was any running prototypes of Formula One road cars, if you want to call them that. Um, So it was interesting to find out that these do actually exist. They are just not actually in production, and only three existed ever. If you want to support the podcast, the number one way to do that is to leave reviews and to follow the podcast on whichever platform you are listening. Also, if you want to request episodes, feel free to. I, I, you know, I don't know every car that is out there, and there's some cars I don't know about, like this one, like the Yamaha 0x99-11, and learning about them is super cool. And I don't know about them necessarily unless you guys request them. And then we can both learn more about them. So it's a win-win. So if you want to request an episode, the best way to do that is to hit me up on my social media. My Instagram is automotive.podcast. My Twitter is at automotivepod. And my Facebook is at automotivepodcast. So you can send me a message, request an episode, and I'll be happy to do it. On top of that, you can follow me on my social media. I post car facts, uh, history photos a little bit of extra seasoning that go with the podcast episodes. That's going to be it for this week. Again, I hope you enjoyed. Thank you for listening, and I will see you next week.